0: We are back at it. Welcome back to another edition of the Pistols Firing Podcast. We've been on hiatus for a little bit. It's the summertime. Kyle Porter somehow survived a cross-country trek with, what, like nine kids in a car? Nine kids in a minivan? He's, he's But he's back, and the podcast is back. Kyle, how are you holding up?
1: Well, it, it felt like we kept adding more. Like, each each city that we stopped in, we would add another kid. Now, we, we had a really good time. We... Uh, Hit up uh, pretty much every city in the Midwest, St. Louis, Chicago, um, obviously stopped the U.S. Open last week. And then uh, my buddy Jonathan Wall, who works for the PGA Tour, he hooked us up with a little place, uh, a little family place in Missouri. So we were kind of out in the woods for a couple of days doing some four wheeling. And uh, I don't know, it was it was a great time. It was, it was uh, part work, part vacation. And uh, I'm actually in Houston now seeing my parents. So 2,500 miles in the last uh, 13 days, I think. Uh, it's been it's been quite a haul, but it's been a lot of fun.
0: Holy moly! What was the highlight of the trip? Uh, highlight
1: of the trip was probably just putting putting the phone, uh, turning the power off, and and going four wheeling with the kids. Um, it's pretty nice, just after being just locked into the U.S. Open for a week. Uh, and, and watching that and that stuff's fun, but it's, it's more fun to, to kind of get away from it for a little bit. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I feel rejuvenated after, after a few days off and uh, ready to get, get back at it next week.
0: Yeah. It really is nice to unplug to where you just say, look, I don't care if Tiger Woods gets thrown in prison. I, I, (laughs) Or, or worse, I am not. My phone is off, and I'm just being with my family. That's always fun to do. I I do that when I'm on vacation too. I just totally unplug from the sports world. It's nice. But uh, you're back, and we had the NBA draft last night. Jawan Evans had to wait a while to get his name called, but man, he ends up going to the Clippers. Now there's a chance Chris Paul could leave, but man, how cool is it that he's going to get to perhaps learn from from CP3?
1: Yeah, you know, we were we were talking and. By the way, I apologize if there's any feedback here. We're we're still kind of on the road, so we don't have our usual setup. So for whoever's listening, but um, we were talking and kind of predicting. You know, like we did a roundtable prediction of where Jawan would go, and you know, people. I said the Lakers. People said the Spurs, the Bulls, like all these different places. The Clippers was not a destination that anybody had because the Clippers Carson didn't even have a pick and. They kind of, I guess, bought their way into the draft by purchasing this middle second-round pick from the Seventy Sixers at thirty-nine, and um, you know, to me, that that I, I don't, I don't want to read too much into it, but it does speak a, a little bit to like how much they wanted Jawan Evans because they had to pay a million and a half, $2 million, whatever it was, to even get into the draft to, to select him. So to me, it, it holds, I think, a little bit more weight uh, than a normal 39th pick in the NBA draft uh, would. Do you, do you see it that way, or what was your perspective of it?
0: Yes. I mean, this is how teams who have, you know, have been contenders and have traded picks to get players and, and this type of things. This is how they get guys on rookie scale contracts. They just buy picks. You look at the warriors. I thought they made one of the best moves of the entire draft. I love that dude from Oregon. Oh, he's a stud. They paid for it. They spent the maximum you can possibly spend the three and a half mil full. Is that what the Clippers spent on Jawan? No. You know? I,
1: I, I want to say it was like two. The, the The projection before the draft is that they were going to spend around two mil to get into like the 40 and between 40 and 50 range. And so I presume that's sort of what it was.
0: Right. So that's the Clippers very much like the Warriors had no draft picks. So this is how you get guys like any more Kyle, like guys on rookie scale contracts are valuable, especially yeah. when you're on a team like the Clippers or Warriors where their, their, their cap space is just, they have to pay all their stars. So it's, it's a brilliant move by the Clippers to get Jawan, And I, I, I kept seeing him on Twitter and, from OSU fans, oh, see, he should have he should have stayed in school. Could have like I don't know how much he's really improving his draft stock by another year coming back. Like Jawan is kind of what he is, right? He's an offensive yep. point guard. He's great in the pick and roll, and he's not getting any bigger and he's not getting any better on defense. So I don't know. I don't see him just making this leap into the first round. And you know, it's it's easy for people to say that in hindsight. Look, like, what if he blows? What if he tears his ACL next year at OSU? Like. Yep. Yep. Nothing is guaranteed. So I, I, I hate the snapshot reaction of, see, he went in the second round, should have came back. It, like, life's not that simple. So I, I don't, I'm not here to criticize Juwan for leaving early at all. And I think he ended up at a great spot if he gets to learn from Chris Paul, who, credit to Doug Gottlieb, said on mm. our podcast, what, a year and a few months ago, that Juwan was basically Chris Paul. That was like his comparison. So it's kind of cool that you know, they've come full circle together.
1: Yeah, totally. You know, I, I think it's gonna be. Um, I, I agree with you about him going back to school. I, I got a little bit of that on Twitter too, and it's like, what, what what's he gonna do? Like, go finish sixth in the Big Twelve and get drafted forty second? You know, like what? Why why give up that year of of making money as a pro and figuring? I mean, it, it just you're right. Like, it is what it is. But
0: well, the, the argument Kyle is that if he comes back and improves his stock and gets in the first round, he gets a guaranteed three year contract, which he does not have right now. That's that's the argument. But look at Frank Mason. The guy was national player of the year, very similar player as far as stature and size wise as Juwan. He didn't get taken until the second round. It's just there's you are what you are, essentially. And yeah. and basically you're a year older, which the NBA doesn't like either, if you stay in school too.
1: Well and especially with somebody like that to where you're you're not drafting Juwan Evans based on what he's Projects to be, you're drafting him based on what he is, and it's not like somebody like that coming back. You you don't you you only get worse or stay the same, most likely stay the same, and so it's just like there's no like like he just yeah he just is what he is like he he's not gonna go. I don't think unless it's a. I mean I don't know. I I guess you could talk me into like he could have gotten into the first round in 2018, but. He also might not have, and and to, I I'm curious. You follow the NBA closer than I do. Um, Chris Paul is, I think, gonna re-sign with the Clippers because he can re-sign for like 205 mil over five years. He can't get that from anywhere else. Um, they don't have any other point guards currently on the roster. They had Raymond Felton, I believe, on the roster last year. They've got Austin Rivers who. Kind of plays point guard sometimes, I guess. Is this a good? I know we lo- like you and I both love the Chris Paul, Juwan Evans comparison, especially from a pick and roll standpoint. But is this a good situation for Juwan to legitimately make the team as a as a as the backup to Chris Paul? Do you think?
0: Uh, I think so. I mean, who do they have as a backup point guard right now? I haven't studied the roster. I mean, well, but it, it's
1: for- it's Felton, but he's uh, he's not signed for next year.
0: Yeah, I mean, I th- I think he can make the team because, I mean, Felton's on his last legs and has had a few, too, <laughs> a few too many cheeseburgers, if you've seen his gut. Yeah. But it's it's interesting, though, Kyle, when the Clippers were really rolling the year, they probably should have beaten the Thunder, or they had a chance to anyway, and they collapsed. Yeah. They had Darren Collison coming off the bench, and he just lit the Thunder up as the backup point guard. I see a lot of similarities between Darren Collison and Jawan Evans, both scoring, offensive point guards, so... Yeah, I think there's a chance he can make the team. Now, I think he'll be in the D league, or the, they call it the G league now. I don't know if you heard of that. Yeah, it's the w- G league now instead of the D league. What does is,
1: what is that even What does that stand for?
0: Do Gatorade, I, I guess, is sponsoring it, so it's uh, called the G league now.
1: Okay.
0: Which every I think of the movie G League. Every time someone says G League, <laughs> I don't know what's happening with that, but but I do think like I I do think there's a chance he can make the team. Now it's going to be interesting to see what the Clippers do. Like you mentioned. They have a lot of moves to make. I still think you're right. I think they bring back Chris Paul. I think they, I think they run it back. I think they just bring everyone back. Now, can they do? Can they bring back DeAndre Blake and um, CP3? I think they can. Yeah, I think they so. To, they can get rid of Reddick, obviously. Get rid of Crawford, uh, and then I think they can bring back their big three. I think they do that. Yeah, I mean, but people, I, I think Joan can make the team. It'll be interesting to watch. People love to talk about
1: like, oh, what about? CP three on the Spurs and Griffin on the Celtics. And it's like, well, the most likely outcome is, is the, is the one that involves like no movement at all. Right. Like, like we always talk about all these things with NBA teams and you rarely see uh, stars and superstars move. That's why we're so shocked when like LeBron goes to the heat and KD goes to the Warriors. Cause it so rarely happens unless they're, you know, maybe, maybe traded, but even that is, is pretty rare. So to that, I, I think you're right, and and also like I think one of the bigger points here for Jawan is like, think about think about what he was great at in college, and to me that was um, he, he was he was a decent shooter, he's a decent defender, but he was elite at running the pick and roll, getting into the lane, dishing, getting to the rim, stuff like that, and that's the very thing that Chris Paul is good at, and they've got a team kind of built around that. I, I was joking last night about. Is it is it easier to throw alley oops to to Mitchell <laughs> Solomon or, or DeAndre Jordan? But like, oh, I just I just feel like Jawan Evans is gonna is gonna fit in really well with the type of things that that they do there. CP3 is not a he's not an elite defender. Uh, I mean, a, a anymore. I maybe he used to be, but um, he, he I don't know.
0: Like just the criticism. CP, is... CP3 CP3 is good at defense. He's he leads the league in steals just about every year, but. Is he still I, I, I remember it, I remember he D'd up Kevin Durant by himself in the playoffs that year I was talking about. But is he is he still that way? Well, he's not Kawhi Leonard, but he's a good defensive point guard, yeah.
1: I guess my point is like he's getting a little bit older. I feel like he's not as good of a defender as he used to be and the criticisms that are out there for Jawan were the same that are there for, for Chris Paul. And and that's that he's maybe too short. Uh, maybe he's lost a step on defense, whatever. And Jawan's not a great defender as well. And so, I don't know, I guess my point is like, it's somebody to look at for Jawan and say, wow, I, I could be, you know, even if he's 80% of CP three or 75% or whatever, that's a, it's pretty good backup in the NBA.
0: No, and you made a great point. Like, they obviously saw the Clippers did the fit that, you know, he does very similar things, like you mentioned on the pick and roll. Like, (laughs) Jawan is going to be awesome in that offense, I think. And the way I – and the thing I keep hammering on on NBA when people bring up, you know, defensive deficiencies, the way they call the games now, like, you're not allowed to play defense. So, like, you're better off just having offensive guys out there, like – what defensive team is ruling the league right now? Obviously the Warriors play great defense. They're just on their own level. But it's all about offense, man. Look at the Rockets. They just said at the trade deadline, the Rockets everyone was said, Oh, they need a they need a guard who can who can defend. And what do they do? They went and got Lou Williams, who plays zero defense and lights <laughs> it up and he averaged about thirty against the Thunder, and was a big reason they won that series. So yeah. I, and yeah, Ray Felton's six one and he's had a great long career. And I don't want to say great. He's had a long career in the NBA. So, yeah, I, I think Juwan can be just fine. And obviously the Clippers believe that too, or they wouldn't have paid the money to get him. So I, all in all, I know he's probably disappointed to, to go in the second round. But, man, it's it's hard to envision going to a better place. They're a competitive team. He gets to go to L.A., big market for an owner that's going to spend money. And you get to learn from Chris Paul. It can't get much better than that.
1: Uh, Chris Paul, all NBA defensive first team each of the last five years. So. I don't yeah, know. I don't you know. go. I don't know why people still listen to this podcast. I'm a moron.
0: Um, you you admitted you don't watch the NBA as much It's fine. Yeah, I do. I, I, I set you straight. Just fine. It's okay.
1: Yeah, you did. So I, I appreciate that. It's kind, of, uh, it's
0: kind of like it's kind of like Roy McIlroy. You know, I'm, I'm here to talk you off the ledge. <laughs> do we have to get into this? Well, you wanted to talk about Ricky, didn't you?
1: I do, but let's. Uh, it's time for the Cupel Works Toast of the Week. Cupel Works bring great tasting craft beer in Oklahoma City. Try the flagship F5 IPA, the Bold DNR Belgian Strong Ale, or the Refreshing Horny Toad Blonde. For your next watch party tailgate or get together with friends, enjoy a cold coupel works, and please remember to drink responsibly. Uh, Carson, do you have a uh, do you have someone you'd like to, to toast this week, or do you want me to go? You go first. Okay, I'm going to toast. I, I don't know her name. I apologize. I probably should have looked it up, but I want to toast Joanne's mom for being at the draft last night for... Them hanging in there until um, until his name was called. He had to wait a while, you know. Not not in the top, not in the first round, not in the lottery, not in the first round. Had to wait until nine picks into the second round. But they hung in. They got on TV. It was a real, I thought it was a cool moment. Jawan was was super excited about it, and uh, I I don't know. I just I hope that he um, I hope he makes it because he was a great. Oklahoma state player. I loved watching him. He's such a competitor. He's so fun to watch. And I think that he's got translatable skills into the NBA. Like just, like I said, with the pick and roll with his offense. So I'll toast a, a briefcase Brown because he brought it. Um, I think every, every game, every day at, at, uh, at, Oklahoma state in Stillwater.
0: I'll do the same. I hate to go the same direction, but there's one person to toast and it's uh, it's Jawan. I'll give him an F five. Uh, just like like we've talked time and time again, like OSU was number one in the country in offense. Yeah. And you look you look around like Jeffrey Carroll was an All Big Twelve caliber player. Yes, but as you mentioned, he's he's throwing lobs to to Mitchell Solomon. I mean, <laughs> there's there's not a lot of offensive options around, and they were number one in the country, and that's a, that's a testament to how good uh, Jawan Evans was. And and you and I had had that debate about the point guard rankings of all time or whatever. And look, you're you're picking nits at that point, but. Juwan had one of the better two-year runs we've seen at, at a, as a point guard at Oklahoma State. So job well done. Go get that money. I Don't listen to anybody saying you should have came, come back. I thought he I thought he was just fine. So yeah. I'll toast him.
1: Are you surprised that he's only the 13th player to get drafted since um, since Eddie Sutton took over?
0: Only? That's a lot of draft picks. How many has OU had in that span?
1: Is it a lot of draft picks? I mean, it's – so Eddie Sutton took over in, what, uh, 90, 91, something like that?
0: 92 or 93.
1: And and so it's been um, – they haven't had one in three years. It was Jawan. – you've got Jawan, Marcus Smart, Markel Brown, James Anderson, James Curry, Joey Graham, Tony Allen, Desmond, Big Country, Brooks Thompson, Byron Houston, Corey Williams, and Richard Dumas.
0: That's a pretty good run. I mean, I'm looking at OU's. They've had, like, Blake Griffin and Buddy Heald.
1: Willie Warren.
0: Was he drafted?
1: Yeah, by the Clippers.
0: In, like, the second round?
1: Yeah, they had... um,
0: Second round picks don't count.
1: They've had one, two, three, four, five, six... They've had ten in that same time span. So, yeah. Really? I mean, I guess guess 13. I mean, they had... uh, Brent Price, Jeff Webster, Ryan Miner, Nate Erdman, Eduardo Nahara, Blake Griffin. They didn't have they didn't have anybody between Nahara and Blake Griffin. How about that?
0: Yeah, I mean that's a long stretch.
1: Taylor Griffin, Romero Osby, Buddy Heald, Isaiah Cousins. And I thought Willie Warren, but I don't see him on here. Yeah. So
0: Yeah. So I mean I that's did... a decent amount. It's not Kansas and it's not obviously Kentucky, but I mean that's pretty good for that's probably close to the top in the Big Twelve other than Kansas, I would think.
1: How'd you like? The, I think it's
0: more. It's more than you think. There's only two rounds. Yeah, I mean, it's you're it's right. It's hard to get. It's hard to get drafted in the NBA.
1: You're right. Um, yeah, I guess it's like one every two years, basically.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's reason for OSU to tout that number for sure.
1: Did uh, how'd you like the uh, the John Calipari infomercial during the?
0: Oh, I needed about two showers. I mean, my God. Like, what is ESPN doing? Like, the 30 for 30 was bad enough. And then you give him airtime during the draft. It's like, stop. Like, this guy doesn't need any infomercial. He already has, like, every NBA player ready to come play for him.
1: Yeah. Yeah, was – I mean, kudos to him, though. That's, that's what he's great at, you know? Like, I don't know if he's a great coach. I do know he's a great recruiter. Yeah. Um,
0: I can't knock the hustle. Yeah. I just don't, don't don't want to see it. Tired of it. <laughs> okay, uh, we should talk uniforms. Let's, let's get to this week's uniform
1: review. Brought to you by Chris's University Spirit, your one-stop cowboy shop on campus corner, and be sure to shop online at ChrisUniversitySpirit.com. dot com. Um, somebody sent me a Clippers Jalon Evans jersey, the black one. Whoa! And it looks awesome.
0: Did you retweet this? Can I take a gander?
1: Uh, yeah, it's out there. Just in your I, mentions. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't retweet it, but it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Do you? Are you in on the Clippers uniforms?
0: Their rebrand was horrendous.
1: Uh, Awful. Yeah.
0: Their uniforms are terrible. Their old ones were better than the ones they got now.
1: Here, I'll, I'll send it to you. Here, this is great radio, by the way. Yeah.
0: Um. Yeah. I. I. I it looks like clip art. <laughs> looks like they got it from yeah, Steve Ballmer's Microsoft clip art, you know. I do like the blacks though. I think the black looks good. See, I don't, I don't like black jerseys unless that's like a team color. It's just such a high school move.
1: Like the Blazers. That's,
0: yeah, like Blazers. That's their team color. That's fine. But like, it would be like the Thunder wearing black jerseys, which obviously I think everyone would like. It just it's kind of a high schoolish move. Remember in high school, everyone wanted black uniforms. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like, like it's like it's like Baylor wearing black football uniforms. Stop it.
1: Or, or like a T, yeah, like wearing gray in
0: college football. Hey, gray's a school color for OSU. Isn't well, it?
1: I, I know, but I'm I'm saying for like Baylor or whoever, like that, like it's just, it's not yeah. your, yeah, not your color. It's not,
0: well, and just more than anything, the the black is just such a high school move. So, yeah, I don't I don't really like them. Uh, this looks okay. I mean, what numbers, Juan? One. Well, I guess they're just assuming that since that's what he wore in college. Yeah. But I do like the number one. Yeah. Did you see, did you see the draft pick from Orlando is going to wear number one. Like Penny Hardaway approved this. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Is that the kid from one of your Tracy Tracy McGrady
1: approved this? One, <laughs> one of your boys from Florida State.
0: One of the monsters from Florida State that Leonard <laughs> Hamilton couldn't win with.
1: Who else in Who else in the draft did you did you watch and you're like, wow, that's uh, I'm that 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 guy's a good pick. Like I'm in on that.
0: Oh, let me. Th- De'Aaron Fox he's from the a Kings. Freak. He's a freak. He's my favorite pick for sure. Uh, he might be the best part in the draft, and the Kings got him at what five?
1: Yeah.
0: Kings had a good draft, I thought. For you know them, <laughs> Vladislav Dvochev uh, had a good draft, so they got Buddy Healed and some good young talent. Um, I haven't watched a second of Markel Fultz. I guess he's the best player. You know, everyone kind of agreed on that. Um. Who else did I like in this draft? Um, who would you like?
1: Uh, I like Fox. I, I I generally like the Kentucky guys. Uh, who's the the uh, Malik Monk? Um, was I, I thought that was a good pick for Charlotte. Um I, I'm I'm with you. Like Jason Tatum and Fultz, I'm like, are they are they good? Or are they just like long and athletic and can shoot? You know? Well, like I'm not- yeah, and, like, I, and I don't like know if the- – Fultz, Fultz was up there talking about, like, you know, I'm a winner. Like, that's what I do. I'm like, you guys didn't even make the tournament last year. Like, what, what – I mean, the like, coach got fired. Yeah. It, that, that'd that be like, uh, you know, it, it, when when Travis Ford got fired, like, Jeffrey Crow saying, you know, getting drafted and saying, I'm a winner. That's what I do. You guys went 14 and 18 last year. Like, what are you talking
0: about? Right. So, I mean, I I told you I liked the the Jordan Bell dude from Oregon that the Warriors got. I love that guy. Now, granted, I watched like two games of his, yeah, and one of which was the game against Kansas in the tournament when he had literally like eight blocks. Uh, but just God, that was such a Warriors move. It was, I, I really like that guy. Yeah, um, I'm looking
1: at uh, I'm looking at next year's draft. The predictions for for 2018. Ooh, ooh spicy. Okay. Uh, Jeffrey Carroll at, at uh, 41 to Charlotte is uh, draft NBA Draft.net.
0: 41? Yeah. I predict that's about where he goes.
1: Yeah. I I think it would be a good over-under to say, will he go over or under where uh, where Juwan went?
0: Ooh, I would go under.
1: So, like, closer to, to number one?
0: Yeah, like, high, like a, a better pick, I guess, is the way to say it. Yeah. He has, he has good measurables, good shooter, kind of fits today's NBA. Yeah, defense. I, I
1: agree. Yeah. I agree.
0: Uh, let's see here. Some some seven footer from Texas is like the number two overall pick. Mohammed Bamba. Yeah, I don't know. Is he? Is uh, Straka smart going to make the tournament?
1: <laughs> We're pretty deep in the uh, the 2018 recruiting game. Uh, NBA or Draft Express has Jeffrey Carroll at 55. So that's that's a uh, G League or Europe type uh, type numbers right there. Yep. But. Um, well, what else? What else going on right now? What else you want to talk about? I'm watching Rory McIlroy uh, tap in for bogey at the uh, the Travelers Championship right now.
0: Oh, don't worry, he'll get a backdoor top ten. You'll <laughs> you'll pick him to win the British. So <laughs> I already got my British pick. Well, let's let's talk about the U.S. Open and Ricky. Let's get to your your trip uh, okay. up to the U.S. Open, and we'll okay. we'll talk Rory. We'll talk Ricky. Let's let's get into that. Yeah, let's do it. What, so, what uh, go ahead. We'll just like. Were you were you staying at Blog Cabin with the family, or did you have like just a family? Yeah, we called it family.
1: We called it family cabin. Um,
0: so what did they do when you are at the tournament?
1: They just hung out at the house. We re- we got an Airbnb with a couple other families, and the 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 house had toys there and a playground. So it was it's kind of like being at home, honestly. Um, just were
0: you staying with Rory's <laughs> sp- spouse, his <laughs> wife?
1: No, no, the oh, Mc- okay. the McElroys were not there. Uh, just some other writer friends, and we we're about 15 minutes from the course. Uh, what did you think about the course on TV before I give my opinion from from being there?
0: I thought it looked cool. It was kind of uh, linksy a little bit. Um, I didn't have a until Sunday. I didn't have a huge problem with people making birdies because, like, I'm not a I'm not a masochist when it comes to the U.S. Open. Right. Like people people want to see three over that's just to me that's just not enjoyable to watch now is 16 under a good thing probably not but I'm not one of those masochists for the U.S. Open so I didn't have a huge problem with it until Sunday when the scores just became historically low so I I didn't have a huge problem with it yeah I I liked it I
1: I thought it was good because it produced a very diverse leaderboard you know you had you had bombers, you had not bombers, you had good putters, you had not good putters. I don't know. It was just a, it was, I thought it was a cool leaderboard and it allowed the wide fairways allowed for, um, a lot of different types of of players to, to make it and, and, and succeed on, on the weekend. Um, so from, from that standpoint, I thought it was good. I, I thought the, the, the scoring thing was a little bit played out, a little overrated, because the reality is that most U.S. Opens are played on par 70 or par 71 courses, and so that's why you see the higher scores. Like, if you if you take this course and make it a par 70, all of a sudden, eight under wins it, and nobody's, like, losing their minds, you know? And so it, it's just, it, it's, all, it's all about, like, you know, who took the least strokes for the week. Like, I, I, the score to par, like, just doesn't, I don't really care about it.
0: Right, and if it was it was so easy, but like no top ten players like made the made the cut other than like Ricky. Like yeah. it was kind of a, you know, in one hand people were saying, oh, it's too easy, but like all the best players missed the cut other than like Ricky. So it's kind of it's, it was hard to judge, I think, as a whole. But obviously, it got out of hand on Sunday, Kyle. And I think you know people want to say, oh, well, they tried to rely on weather, and if the weather doesn't, if the wind's not up, then all all goes to hell but more than anything it was the the rain i thought that made yeah. the greens soft to where you could just go at them all the time so
1: yeah it was it was the the perfect storm so to speak for the usga because let's say it doesn't rain and it and it blow and it's even just a little windy like 10 miles an hour all of a sudden you're gonna see what? i mean you wouldn't have seen double digits under par when the tournament because it that place has no protection from the wind it is it's like a it, in in that sense you said it was like a link style course it w- it's like a British open like there is zero protection and it would have gotten it would have gotten a little crazy the other way um so it 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 i agree with you it was a, it was a little bit too easy but you know you, you you can't yeah you can't really change that if if the wind doesn't blow and and if it rains a lot every night.
0: Yeah, and I was disappointed on Sunday again. Ricky shoots even par. Has he, has he shot? Has he shot under par on a Sunday in a major? I want to say no.
1: I think he did at the 14 PGA and maybe at the 14 British Open, um, but they didn't matter because Rory won both of them. Um,
0: and, you had and, to get you had to get that in, didn't
1: you? Well, I I actually didn't even plan that out. But he he was I mean he was up by at least in the British he was up by a lot. Um, I I think just, okay, tell me this because I didn't you probably actually saw more of Ricky than I did because I followed him uh for a little bit until it kind of it was kind of obvious because I I was on him like I, Oklahoma State bias aside I thought Ricky Fowler was going to win the U.S. Open this year. From Thursday on until like late on Sunday afternoon, and then all of a sudden I see okay, well, he's probably not, and Brooks Koepka is gonna definitely gonna win the U.S. Open, so I drop back to follow Brooks. But just what was your takeaway from the way that Ricky played on Sunday? Were you disappointed? Were you frustrated? Like, just how, how did you view his his play on Sunday?
0: Yeah, it just it just wasn't quite he wasn't quite as dialed in as he was on on Thursday and, and Saturday. You know, the, the two rounds that he went the lowest. It just when his swing kind of goes, he kind of misses everything left. It seems, and I just he just didn't quite have it for whatever reason. I it's I thought he was going to do what Brooks Kepka did on Sunday, I did just too. just I did. just stop everything right in there close, make all the putts. That's that's the, been the most uh, impressive thing about Ricky is he's not he was never known initially as this great putter, but he's turned into one. So that gives him a chance to win majors. And then he was so he was hitting everything so tight. That's how he made that's how he finished seven under on Thursday. And I my big takeaway, Kyle, is one of these days he's gonna play like he did on Thursday on Sunday. I don't think it's this mental block by any means. It's a trend for sure, and it's a bad trend. But I just think one of these days he is gonna get hot like he did on Thursday on a Sunday and, and win a major. And I think there's this rush to say, oh, Ricky blew it again on Sunday when like, as I mentioned, all the other top 10 guys weren't even there. They, their bags were packed. Rory was home in, in in Wales, or what is it, Northern Ireland. And Ricky, it's almost like Ricky doesn't get credit for making it into that position when every other top player did not. You know what I'm saying? So it's like he can't win for trying, almost.
1: Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. I, I think the thing for me with him is... I, I don't know how to say this without it being a little hot takey, but, um, and th- I know this is not his personality, but it's like, man, you're in the thick of it on Sunday. And I, and I told, uh, I told Chip Patterson this on our, our CBS golf podcast, but like, I mean, you only get like, honestly, like six of those chances. If you're a really good player, six or seven or five or whatever chances where you're like leading or one back late on a Sunday, you you only get so many of those. And, you, you you have to capitalize on, I mean, obviously you have to capitalize on them to win majors, but if you, if you run out of those chances and all of a sudden you're like 37 years old and you don't have a, you know, it's, it's like a, and people have said this, but is, is he, is, is, is Ricky Fowler's career trajectory, that of Sergio Garcia. Now to me, that's a great thing. Sergio is a great player who has had a great career and finally won a major. Um, but to some people that might be a little bit of, of a letdown. And so I guess my overall point is like, I want to see, I want to see Ricky cash in on one of these six or seven or eight really, really good opportunities. He opportunities he has to win a major. I think he will, but the more that go by that you don't do it. I I think the more questions are raised.
0: Right. And it's, it's easier said than done, right? These, (laughs) these tournaments are ridiculously hard to win, but I, I do agree with you that, I didn't like some of the things he had to say afterwards. Like you mentioned, you know, you don't know how many chances you're going to get. I would have liked to have heard a little more disappointment. He sounded perfectly content with finishing 10 under and six shots. Did you get that vibe from him as well? It sounded like his his general takeaway was, well, I played pretty well this week to finish 10 under.
1: Yeah, and part of that is his... So the the phrase that he said was, um, you have to measure success by more than just wins. And it's like... Yes, I I am 100 percent in your corner on that, but I don't know if the best time to say that is right after you just got your doors blown off by by Brooks Koepka in the U.S. Open. You know, and you shoot
0: you shoot even par when everyone is shooting like record lows. Yeah. You know?
1: And I, and I totally agree with him. Like I think wins are overrated in golf, um, but you're still measured by them. And I just I wanted to see a little fight from him on Sunday. You know, I like, go after it a little bit, act like you're you're fired up to be in the middle of it, and I just – I didn't – I don't know. You saw him more closely on TV because I was trying to track other stuff and messing around or whatever, but like it just didn't – Well, they didn't
0: didn't show him a whole lot. They just showed him missing putts basically. Well,
1: I just didn't get that vibe that he was like – jacked up and locked in and 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 ready to roll and uh is he ever
0: is he ever like that though no and that's part of it like part of
1: it for me is like okay well that's just his personality and whatever but at the same time like i I don't know it was just sunday was kind of weird for him i i I don't know what it was something was a little bit off i feel like
0: yeah and people were like I feel like the fans were way more jacked than he was. You know, I posted that picture of, of him in his orange. Like, all right, go time, yeah. Sunday orange, let's do this. And, like, everyone was so fired up to watch him try to win a major, and it just kind of fizzled out, which, again, it's it's easy for me to sit back and go, oh, you only shot even par, you stink. But I don't know. I just feel like it was it was right there for the taking. But, obviously, you got to give credit to Brooks Kepka. I don't even know if Ricky – had Ricky shot – would Ricky? What would Ricky have had to shoot to, to tie Brooks?
1: I think like a sixty-six.
0: Yeah, I mean, like the bar was pretty high anyway with the way Brooks Kepka played. So, yeah, yeah, it it's was. Hard, it's hard to fault him too much because Brooks, and I'm a big fan of Brooks. You know that I've said that time and time again. He went to Florida State. Uh, he hits it a mile. He's built like a FSU linebacker. <laughs> and I was, I wanted him to win if it wasn't gonna be Ricky, and then he won, and I was like, well, that kind of stunk. He was kind of boring. <laughs> He's got the it, personality of a wet mop.
1: Yeah, it's it's not great. Uh, great player, but not a great quote. And uh, I, I was glad that a that a star won. Um, you, you don't want to see. Well, L- literally,
0: no one was rooting for Brian Harmon.
1: Well, that's the thing. Like Brian Harmon, really good player, uh, super underrated, but. You want to see a star win the majors, right? And we've gotten that for the most part for the last like four years, really. You know, we've got a couple outliers and maybe like a Danny Willett, and you could argue Jimmy Walker, but we've got we've got a bunch of stars winning this tournament. And you said this earlier to your point, these things are so freaking hard to win. Like, I I, I mean, to and I told Chip this earlier this week to if you win multiple majors in this era, like if you win three or four or whatever, like. That's you might be an all-time great golfer, you know. Like if if and even if you win two, like think about the guys that just have one: Jason Day, Justin Rose, Adam Scott, Dustin Johnson. Like, it's a joke that the the players in this era that only have one major championship. Um, so it it'll be, I think the the career trajectories of a lot of guys are going to be really affected by the next uh, 20 majors or so, the next five years.
0: Are you ready to discuss something I don't think OSU fans are gonna like when it comes to Ricky?
1: <laughs> yeah, let's hear it.
0: It's kind of a Chris's University uniform review. Um, well,
1: let's okay. Let's let's take a break. Let's hear let's hear one more one more time from our Chris's our sponsor Chris's University Spirit, and then we'll hear your uh, your Ricky hot take and wrap up. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma, is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your local Little League team from head to toe. They're located on the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner, and you can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop stilly. Shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, uh, we are back. Carson, You, the floor is yours. Let's hear your, uh, your Ricky take.
0: Well, you know, I'm a big uniform karma person. You know, it's no mystery. The Bucks overhaul their uniforms, and they immediately get the Greek freak and get good. Ah, uh, the the year the Chargers went to the Super Bowl, uh, they wore their powder blues the whole year, and then they wore their crappy navy ones and got beat by 60 points against the 49ers. Like, uniform karma is a thing. And Ricky won the players not wearing orange. Mm. It, it was Mother's Day. He was wearing blue and pink and white. Is there going to come a day where frustration sets in with Ricky and he goes, you know what? I I won the players without wearing orange. I'm just I'm not going to wear orange. And then he went. What if he what if he wins a major doing that and he just mixes the orange is that is that a thing is the orange holding him back
1: <laughs> I mean it took a it took a miracle for him to win the players the way that he did that year um I don't know I mean I, I don't want to see him go away from it I think it, I thought his look on Sunday was awesome the orange pants with the white shirt the orange hat I thought that was Yep I thought Looked that great. was it was spot on um, but yeah,
0: and, I wonder if he gets superstitious at any point, I mean, you he's, know,
1: he's won other tournament. I mean, he won a tournament in, in the, the traffic cone uni for, for goodness sake, he won the, the, uh, <laughs> the Wells Fargo. He beat Rory at the Wells Fargo in a playoff in the, in the traffic. So, cone. so
0: the orange isn't cursed is what you're telling me.
1: Yeah. He won the Honda classic. He won the Scottish open, the Abu Dhabi. Okay. I, th- All right. I, I think he's won. I but think win it, a major though. You know, I think every other tournament that he's won has has been in orange if I'm not mistaken, but it's an interesting point, especially because the players is such a big deal.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I had that thought. Um, it's kind of like Bob Stoops. He won the national title in 2000, wearing like a full baseball hat, not his patented visor. It's kind of a similar thing with Ricky winning the players, not wearing orange.
1: Yeah. Um, any other us open takeaways before we go?
0: Oh, Rory stinks. Oh my gosh. I mean, are you gonna pick him to win the British or no?
1: No, I'm taking either. I think I'm taking Sergio. I'm I'm taking either Sergio or Ricky.
0: Oh, Ricky's gonna suck me in again, is not he, on or, Sunday?
1: Or Tommy Fleetwood. Tommy Fleetwood is my dude.
0: He was awesome.
1: He's he's the man. He's he's. Awesome to talk to, great player, fun to watch. I love him.
0: Why why are Brits so much more fun to talk to than Americans? Like like isn't Lee Westwood great too? Lee Westwood's
1: great. Justin Rose,
0: really good to talk to. Yeah. Why are they so much more jovial than us Americans?
1: I don't know. I don't Is know. Just the accent? Maybe. Rory's great to talk to. He's not
0: British, but he's Northern Irish. Uh, hell, he's part of the United Kingdom.
1: <laughs> I actually I don't think they are. We're getting They're into not. we're getting into like some political waters that maybe we don't need to be getting into.
0: Uh, I will take, you know what? We I've I'm I'm out on that island. You and I are both on that island. We we've always said that Ricky will win a British yeah. for his first major. So this why not this July?
1: Yeah, I think I, I mean I think it'd be uh, it'd obviously be awesome.
0: Do Roy, will Rory make will make the cut?
1: Uh, at the Travelers or at the British?
0: At the British. Yeah, he'll
1: he'll make the cut. You sure? Yeah. He's just he just needs to get reps. He needs to get those tiger reps in.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. He's kinda going he's kinda going the way of tiger. Body breaking down on him.
1: He's twenty eight. He's got four majors. Yeah. I did enjoy you uh you trolling me and my golf armies uh just just eviscerating you on Twitter.
0: Oh, they were they were aghast. For people <laughs> for, for people who don't know, I just after after Rory was just completely in shambles and not gonna make the cut, I tweeted at Kyle. I said, Rory's just a guy. <laughs> and of course you just you just lean on these past accomplishments. I'm talking about right now, not what he did in twenty fourteen. Uh
1: yeah, he's won twice in the last ten events.
0: So is Ricky, right?
1: No, Ricky's won twice in the last three years.
0: Okay. Well,
1: I mean, how how far how far in the past am I allowed to go?
0: Uh, like a year. Oh, okay, so what's Rory, the last? I'm talking. Who cares about the Wells Fargo? I'm talking about majors.
1: He's yeah. Well, he's okay. So he, uh, Rory's not won a major since 2014.
0: Right. That's yeah. what I'm going on. So if he if he whips at the next two, that's three straight years with no majors. Well, and again, I'm holding him to this like Tiger esque curve that you put him on. Yeah. You, I'm not he, I'm not holding him to the Ricky standard. That's here. I'm that's holding what, him to this tiger esque this this best guy of his generation mantle that you have him on.
1: That's that's what he should be held to. That's what he holds himself to.
0: Well he's he's won enough to to claim that. I'm not saying he hasn't. I'm just saying that you need to stop picking him for now. He's I I, I didn't pick him. I picked DJ, another guy who missed the
1: cut at Aaron Hills.
0: No, you picked uh <laughs> you're like nine golfers who can win it. Was was Rory not in that?
1: Well, he was in it, but he wasn't my. He wasn't like I did my picks, and I had DJ winning, uh, Jason Day top ten, who also missed the cut, and uh, Jordan Niebergi is my my sleeper Oklahoma State guy, who was the only guy out of those three to make the cut.
0: Yeah, Nieberge was a good call. He played well. Yeah. Um, okay, well, enjoy Rory's attempted a backdoor uh top 10 at the uh, wells fargo and same thing at the british so. it's the it's the travelers championship <laughs> travelers wells fargo green jacket gold jacket whatever
1: get your get your fortune 500 companies
0: straight here okay my bad um okay did they, did they want to sponsor the pod too that would be awesome we would love that <laughs> all, all right, right Carson. good weekend man yeah
1: you too and uh we will be back at it next week all right talk to you then see it